Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. It's time for another conversation with an interesting person from the internet. This week, that person is Brooke Dodger Lee Lawson, arguably the most well-known girl gamer on YouTube. Yes, we have a fascinating conversation covering her small town roots and her sword collection. The challenges of being a female in the male-dominated world of gaming. And what's caused her to cry in two of her vlogs. Here's a hint, it has something to do with a recent bombshell she dropped relating to her love life. Now, I got to admit, I'm a little intimidated in talking to Dodger because I'm a little intimidated in talking to anyone. It's already happened. You're still intimidated? We we know that. We're talking, we just teased the things that we're talking about. Yeah, they, I'm the saying, people know that. I'm saying that the process of talking to someone who okay. is a gamer is an intimidating thing because it's such a big part of the YouTube culture now. You know, everybody's got a gaming channel. Everybody cares about games. And well, then well it, not everybody. We don't. And that's your point. We're kind of disconnected. We kind of feel like old farts well, when it comes to this or just out of the know. But I will say that you know, I also, I, I have a certain sense of pride of being one of those guys that, you know, when the original NES came out, like I was a child who experienced, experienced that as a child at Christmas. I specifically remember, uh, it was probably Christmas 1986. It may have been 87. I don't, I, it was the year that it was out in the U.S. and that people were getting it for that first Christmas. So I guess 86. And, you know... My, I got it at the same time. My my stepfather at the time, Jimmy, was just as excited as I was. Everybody... That's a weird thing, though, because my parents weren't even the kind of parents who were into that kind of thing that they would get you the thing. You know, I never was the kid that got the thing that everybody was getting. But that year, for whatever reason, they were like, well, I guess we got to get this thing because everybody's getting this thing. And so there it was, you know, when I woke up and I remember... You know, it came with Mario Brothers and then Duck Hunt. Did you get the power pad? You got the power pad, I think. No, I did not get the power pad. I didn't either. Um, And I didn't really care. But I just remember specifically Super Mario Brothers, man. I I played that with my... We played that all day, and then my parents came up and they said, you've got to go to bed. And I remember thinking that, no, you don't understand, Mom. My life has just changed. Like the fact I'm not ever going to sleep again. <laughs> that this exists. That's something that is so unbelievably. I mean, did you have an Atari? I had an Atari. I mean, it wasn't like. Yeah, yeah, but it was nothing. There was no comparison. Yeah, that's true. There was no comparison. And then I would, you know, I would go over to your house, and you're like, "I got this gold one called Legend of Zelda." I'd be like, eh. "This gold one." I, I, you know, take it or leave it. So what? The main character is my name. I have never played it. Never. And that's sad. And I'm ashamed of that. You should be. It uh, is sad and you should be ashamed of it. Last that. night, Lincoln put it on his uh, DS, like the old school version. We got it for like five bucks. So I think I may play Zelda for the first time. It's like that viral video from a few months back where Mike Tyson played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out for the first time in the well, ESPN lobby. It's a little different because that <laughs> game was kind of built around him actually. Oh, that's not actually me? <laughs> no. I mean, people ask me when they meet me, oh, your name's Link. Uh, yeah, I was like, they named the game after me. Uh, they believe me. 
Or some pe- times I say the opposite, which can't be true because I'm too old for that. Right, but that keep, makes people think you might Either be way, young. it's not true. But I, I mean... You're gonna, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. I mean, as much as I love that game, you're going to be disappointed. I mean, you, first of all, you'll never play it to the, the amount of time, the amount of gameplay that goes into any Zelda game. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you're just like, oh, my son's got it on his well, that, DS. And that's now, why I never played it in the first place because I couldn't beat Mario Brothers. I just didn't have the commitment or the uh, the wherewithal to stick with something that long. You didn't need commitment. You needed Chad Landrum. That was your problem. Yeah, I didn't. Chad I didn't. Landrum had a subscription to, to Nintendo Power, and he was the key. If you wanted to beat something, first of all, I mean, Mario, you couldn't beat Mario Brothers? No, that's, there's a problem. That's just a personal problem. <laughs> I mean, you know, your wife can beat Super Mario Brothers in like seven minutes. I've seen her do it. And, and I'm... I'm married to her, so why do I need to do it? <laughs> she completes me, right? It's okay. romantic. But when it comes to something as complex as, you know, the first Zelda and then, you know, the subsequent games. I can't handle that. You you had to have Nintendo Power or Chad Landrum. Now or Contra, both. I would go to your it's funny, I would go to, I had a Nintendo, but I would go to your house and play Nintendo. Yeah. Well Contra was great. That was revolutionary for me because then I could like ride the coattails of someone simultaneously. Okay, you get in front with that spread gun, and I'll just kind of hang back and take the credit. You know, that's a great like, game. Wow, I can never beat Contra. We never beat Contra though. That's difficult. Not even I beat with, it. Not even with thirty-four men. Thirty. Oh, we each had thirty. Oh, well, it didn't happen. <coughs> and you, that, yeah, but I didn't get into a lot of other games. I mean, I got the Genesis when that came out, but I still, I just, I was such a shallow. I only waited in the shallow end of video gaming. You were afraid to go all in. You were afraid to commit. It's amazing at how how pervasive it is now to culture. And I mean, not only obviously to YouTube. I mean, you look at the top videos and it's just there it's pervasive. There's no other way to say it that they are everywhere and, and it's an entire business that's just it's mind-boggling. Well, and I've gone, you know, I spent the first couple of years that we were on YouTube with this mentality that when I saw something working, I was either jealous of it or just frustrated that it was working and I didn't understand why it was working. Now my life has become one, you know, one realization after another, like, oh, this is what's working now. I'm not going to question it. People like watching people play video games. Okay. Maybe I don't. I understand that people do. I understand that a lot of people do, so I'm probably even in the minority. In the, so I'm not going to sit around and make fun of it. I'm going to embrace it as this is the reality now. The most popular YouTuber out there is a Let's Play gamer. PewDiePie. He's not on the show. <laughs> uh, but the uh, most popular week. female gamer, arguably, is. Uh, and like I said, we had a fascinating conversation with her. Even though we might have been in the dark, she uh, was very gracious with us. And I think whether you're into gaming or not, I think there's lots to learn here. And uh, I think you will enjoy it. Yeah, Dodger is a rising star in this massive, growing community of video game vloggers and 
gamers. She's the face of Maker's new gaming channel, Polaris. And I always want to say Polaris, but it's Polaris, I think. Well, Polaris is like an ATV company, right? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> and also, she maintains her own two channels, Press Heart to Continue, on which she dishes out weekly industry updates and dexterity bonus which features daily personal content. She's also one of our favorite guests from uh, The Mythical Show. You may remember her from the most complicated board game ever. She milked herself. Yes, she did. And here we go. You said Oregon. Mm -hmm. So that's home. Is that where you were born? That's home. Yeah, I lived there my whole life before I moved here. Now, is there a trail that ends there or what's the deal? There is a trail that ends in Oregon. There's actually a huge I really want to know now, so don't, don't if, if you pull go, my chain. If you go to Oregon, if you go to the, the uh, Clackamas County, Oregon City area, there's, there's a city called Oregon City. I'm not just saying cities of Oregon. But there's okay. a huge wagon where the trail, quote, ended, end quote. So there's a big, there's a big, uh, maybe big's the wrong word. There's a museum there next to the wagon and they teach you how to make butter. Really? All the yeah, all the kids wind up having a field trip there at what, some point. Now, do you play Oregon Trail with a special sense of pride? We did play that game a lot. Yeah. And which version are we talking about here? Cuz when we I mean, you know, we're old. We played the the Apple yeah, the green computer, green text on you know, on 1987 dark version. I actually can't remember what the version was that we played when I was a kid, but I know that I never made it, ever. I never once made it all the way to the end. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> I was realize you're a master it. of dysentery. Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> I didn't even dies. know that there was an end. I thought that the game was just being on a trail. Well, it's just, like, yeah, just living. Yeah, so. and I think that's what everyone said. Frontier life. Who was doing it? That was the <laughs> rationale. There you is no destination. Life? Yeah, there is no destination. Right. Let's just not. Let's not die while fording this river. Simple Just as that. How, Let's take it one river at a time. How many more days can you live this time? <laughs> so what is, wh- where in Oregon? Were you, did you grow up? Where? Where? Um, I grew up in a little town called Malala. It's very small. Malala. Malala. It's uh, named after a Native American tribe, mm-hmm. of which there are none left, I believe. There was one woman who was left in town, and I think, I think she's gone now, but... Hmm. It's a very small town, very, very small, and I lived there my whole life until college, and then I went to another very tiny town called Monmouth and lived there for all of college, and then I in was Oregon. Off, yeah, and then I was offered a job in L.A., so what, I've what school is only in lived in small. Western Oregon University, it is one of two colleges in Oregon that have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Theater. And that's what I wanted. So okay. I went to the one that was a little less hectic because Southern Oregon University is where the Oregon Shakespeare Festival is. So it's like crazy all the time. So I went to Western Oregon instead. And it's only an hour away from where I lived. And how big was it? What was the student body Western, Western Oregon? The, yeah. Western Oregon was 5,000. Oh, okay. I think. Okay. It was pretty small. Pretty small. Mm-hmm. So, so what was the growing up situation? You, we talking both parents, yep. an ox, both both parents, an ox. There was no ox, but we did have we had uh, chickens. We had a bunch of horses. We had bunnies. There were pigs before I came into the picture. We got two sheep that were awful while I was a kid, and we wound up 
giving them to somebody else. But I also have two siblings. What makes a sheep awful? They, okay. So sheep, you might not know this. Some sheep are very sweet. Some sheep are just so ornery. They'll do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. So we had these sheep that broke down our fences constantly. And they would just escape. And then they'd come back and they'd ruin the fields. They'd get all over the place. So we had a really hard time controlling them, unfortunately. Out of control sheep. Out of control sheep. Horses, like, can break down fences, but they're... Their bodies are shaped a bit differently, so it's like harder for them to. I don't know how bust to bust down a this. fence to bust. Yeah, because with the sheep, like they're just like this compact muscle body, right. and they just like ram themselves into it, and then they're gone. Well, I thought that was wool. That's muscle. That's all, that's all muscle. There's no wool there. <laughs> it's like a thin, thin layer of wool. Yeah, it's yeah. like half an inch thick. Um, so this is like a bona fide farm situation. Yeah, I grew up on a farm. So mm-hmm. are there were there crops grown or was it just like, oh, we love animals and we have a lot of land situation? We grew uh, grass hay and oats a couple of years, but it was mostly grass hay. So, And then you would sell that to people who wanted to feed their the fill in, in the blanks. The intention was to sell it, but we didn't have the necessary equipment to be able to uh, bale it. So we had a neighbor who had a ton of cows and we had our horses and so he would come bale it and then we would split it okay so we actually didn't sell it we just grew it for lols and for animals what was this i mean this your source of sustenance i mean was your mom or dad doing something else at the time or was well, they just, didn't eat it we <laughs> well i know i mean we ate the grass hay and and the horses no <laughs> my my mom worked full-time my entire life and my dad maintained the farm and raised the kids so. so what did your mom do? My mom was human resources at a grocery store called Fred Meyer. Well, it was a department store, actually. So she did that. Employee discount all situation? The t- oh, yeah. Oh, man, we would go there all the time and be like, getting all the clothes. So, all the so clothes. it's not food, it's clothes. Zero dollars. It's, it's a department store, so there's, there's lots of food there. There's lots of clothes there. But we didn't have one close enough to us where we could get perishables. So normally when we would go all the way there, it would be to get clothes and stuff. So growing up on a farm, Mm. you know, um, I have to assume that something like my brother stuck his hand in a horse's mouth and lost a finger. Like, you know, when you grow up in that situation, that kind of stuff just occasionally happens. We love to hear about it. Oh, you want to hear one? (laughs) Yeah, I have one. If anybody's lost a digit, we got to know. My brother, when they first bought the farm, was running through the forest because we're surrounded by woods at my house. So he was running through the forest, fell, and then heard my dad calling for him, got up, and came out of the forest. And my dad looked at his arm, and there was just blood everywhere. My brother hadn't noticed. He hadn't even felt it happen. But there was a machete in the middle of the woods that he had fallen on. Of course. And now he has a scar from his what? elbow all the way down to his wrist. Oh, my. Oh, so it sliced him. It sliced him open. And he didn't realize it? And he did not feel it. It was very strange. So then it was my mom and my dad rushing him to the hospital and my dad holding onto his arm. Like keeping it together. Yeah. Ew. Yep. You didn't employ a sheep for that. There was no sheep involved. <laughs> no, no sheep were involved in this story. Just wrap this thing up in wool. 
Oh, oh, there's wow. a lot of weird stuff in the woods out there, though. There was also a, the remnants of a shack. I used to go out there and play all the time. Like and, alone? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if my dad knew that I was playing in an old shack, he would have been concerned, but I didn't, I didn't mention it. So. I mean, as kids run, I would go into the, um, a, you know, there's assorted pockets of woods around Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, and y- you can manage to find like an, like an old shack or something uh and it was always very spooky and very cool oh, to kind of yeah. to kind of go into those rundown buildings it was it was a i'll go so far as to call it a pastime mm-hmm. but i would not have done it alone yeah um i would have been too too too, too creeped out yeah you got to have a buddy for that situation so i'm i'm good for you i mean you're going in <laughs> Thank those cuz it has to be creepy well they're not i mean when i say shack it's not it wasn't put together enough to still look like a shack. It it was busted, you know. But yeah, I, you know, I was so used to those woods. I I grew up there. Like I was born near that farm and was raised on that farm. So as I got older, I just went further and further into the woods. So it didn't seem as creepy to me. I don't think. So a bona fide farm girl type situation here. Yeah. With you said you had a brother, two siblings, a brother and a sister. Both older or? Both older. My sister is 17 years older than me, and my brother is 11 years older than me. Really? Yeah. That's quite a spread. Yeah. Yep. So my sister was basically out of the house by the time I was, like, up and walking around and able to understand what things were. Mm-hmm. And you're—so you and your brother, I imagine, weren't that close if he was that much older, too. We're really close now, and as kids, I— Loved him so much. I wanted to be just like my brother, and he was so annoyed by me. <laughs> I would do the most obnoxious sister things. Like, I would sit in front of his room while he was sleeping because he would sleep in, but everybody else on the farm would wake up at like six. So, I would sit outside of his room waiting for him to wake up because I wanted to play Super Mario or just just hang out with him at do all. Do you want to build a snowman? Yeah, it was basically that. <laughs> He's good. Like, have you seen that? Yeah, I have seen that. Oh, it's very good. Pretty good. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a cute movie. <laughs> so, you mentioned Mario Brothers. Now, so mm-hmm. growing up on the farm, right? You obviously were not discouraged from playing video games. It wasn't. Oh, hey, was don't yeah, go outside and pet a sheep. I mean, you I'm... can find a career in this video game thing. So get to it, <laughs> young lady. No, I mean my dad. Farmville, anyone? Law. My dad felt very strongly that everybody should be helping out outside. So it was, you know, it's fine for you to play games. It's fine for you to be on the computer, but you it, that can't be all you're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, my jobs were weeding and picking up acorns and just the tedious, awful jobs. Every now and then I got to cut wood. That was a bit more interesting. But no, my dad— Picking up acorns, why mm-hmm. would one do that? Because they would get all over our driveway, and then when you would drive over them, they would just be crushed on the driveway, okay. and it just didn't look good. And they're poisonous. And and they're and they're yeah. poisonous. Yeah, you look at me like I'm crazy. Acorns are poisonous. Google that, and then tell me that I'm right. I, I will. Google and then the that. other thing is, is that we're not going to Google it. Don't worry about you it. You boil oh. if you cook them, right. or boil them, they right. are no longer poisonous, and then you can drink acorn tea. Why would you do that? Which I'm drinking right now. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) All true, by the way, except for the fact that I'm drinking it. So when was the inception of the video games into your life that 
you know, how do we trace that back to being something that I I assume you would say is so life-changing now, right? Yeah, I mean, games have been my life, my whole life. I feel like my dad is still obsessed with Tetris, plays it all the time. Like on what, a Game Boy? No, on an <laughs> NES, original Nintendo. He still has it, huh? He has a replacement NES in case the one he's using breaks. He has replacement controllers. Just he, to play Tetris? Just to play Tetris. The little screen that's in the garage, because my dad's garage is like where he hangs out when he's not working outside. So the little TV that he has in there has the the you failed screen burned into it. So anytime you look at that TV, it looks like the game is on, but it's not. It's burned that hard into the screen. Oh, wow. Well, that must mean that he would leave it on that screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, he to would taunt himself. Or he something? would he would play it all the time, and when it when he would die, he'd be like, "All right, back to work," and he'd get up and go work, and it would just sit and there. He, it would just sit there. Yeah, you failed. You failed. You failed. You mm-hmm. failed. You failed. Yep, he just sit, sad. He'd watch Matlock and Perry Mason and and play Tetris <laughs> in tandem. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. And there he was, hasn't upgraded though. I mean, he's no. still he's not he doesn't want more buttons. No, absolutely not. I mean, he he understands this system. You know. Have you ever shown him or tried to get him to play a new system? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's played other games with us, but but the original Tetris is his. Mwah. He goes he keeps going back to it. It yeah. never gets old. Now, I I think the the sad fact of the matter mm. is just just to be totally honest with you here is that we're we're right there with your dad. <laughs> so, for the rest of this conversation, you're just going to have to bear with us. You're you're Okay. So, I could just make stuff up. Our our hope is that you will be our sherpa on this Oregon trail of gaming. But okay. we but we do have kids now and and and, and my kids are introducing me back into the world of gaming. So it's it's, oh, yeah? it's interesting how that that's happening because I kind of missed the window with the 16-button the controllers. That was just a... Too much yeah, for us. Right. I feel like there was a big period of time where a lot of really good games came out that I did not play at all. Like kind of when I, when I was in high school, mostly when I was in high school, I just never really played any new games at okay. all. And so now sometimes when I'm when I'm working with colleagues or just talking with friends and they're like, oh man, that game, right? Such a good game. I can't contribute at all because <laughs> so, I don't. So what was happening in your life in that, like growing up, what are pivotal moments uh, from the picking up acorns through the high school years for um, you? I think high school is when I started to feel like I shouldn't ask my parents for things like I should get a job and start trying to pay for things myself but I was involved in a lot of extracurricular activities so I didn't really have time to have a job but because of that I still if there was some if there was a game that came out that I was interested in playing I just wouldn't ask for it so once I got into college and I was making like a little bit of extra money I started playing more games again okay so so what was life like in that in that time period for you in high school yeah like lots of theater heck theater yeah theater girl yeah that's that's what i studied in college too right so i was doing a lot of plays i was on dance team doing dance team i tried to do a play dance team and the tennis team all at the same time that did not work out Whoa. i dropped tennis real quick but the plays were always really fun and, that's usually uh, not a combination that you see though you don't normally know someone who's on the tennis team 
and the dance team and in theater at the same time. <laughs> I mean, it, typically true. there are some, uh, for better or for worse, there are some clicks. Right. In high school, you know? Yeah. Our school was actually really good about that. Um, the kids that I would say were the popular kids mm-hmm. were all, for the most part, really nice. There wasn't a lot of bullying that happened in my school. Um, and even the kids that, that got kind of teased had a lot of friends, had a lot of good positivity. And I don't know if that's because I went to a smaller high school as well, but we didn't we didn't really have a whole lot of problems with cliques. So I think people felt more like they were able to try things, I guess. Mm-hmm. So as a theater kid, yes. were you thinking, oh, this is it? I mean, obviously to the point where you wanted to go study in college, were you... What was the aspiration there? What did you want to do ultimately? Um, I liked doing all of it, which wound up being a problem because, like I said, I, I went to Western Oregon for their Bachelor of Fine Arts program. And that basically means you choose one thing that you want to do and you study it real hard. Like all of your classes have to do with it. Mm-hmm. So I decided, well, I'll go for for the Bachelor of Fine Arts in acting. And I did, and I got in. There were only two of us that got in, and I was really excited. I was so jazzed. But every term, I wanted to be designing costumes, and I wanted to be helping with building sets, and I wanted to be doing other things that were adjacent to acting but weren't acting in the shows. And I was basically sat down by my advisor, and he said, you need to decide whether or not this is what you want to do, if this is the program for you. And if it's not, then just drop it. I mean, you can you can still be in our department, but I don't think that this program is good for you. So I wound up dropping it, and then I got to design and act, and it was great. What kind of, what kind of plays were you involved in? What kind of roles did you play? What did you gravitate towards? Um... I played a lot of nervous people. I played a lot of really crazy people. Uh, Did you volunteer for that or they spotted something in you? <laughs> I was definitely never the the standard female lead or like the sweet ingenue. I was always a little strange. All of my characters were always strange. But it was it was really fun because then you got to kind of pinpoint something to to bring out of that character. You know, you got to be a little bit larger than life and I always really enjoyed that. So I think the, the was there something does it say something about you that you gravitated toward those roles? I think so. I didn't do very well with roles this is going to sound awful. I didn't do very well with roles that were supposed to be very honest. Um like roles where you needed to put a lot of genuine emotion into it, I guess. Like, that was always very hard for me. It was very hard for me to be in the moment uh, when it was a very real feeling. But if I was somebody who was kind of outside of the norm, it was a little bit easier for me to justify what that feeling would be. That doesn't make any sense, does it? That was such a strange way to explain that. But Kind of to take an angle like it's easier yeah, for you I to take so. more of a okay in this instance I'm I'm go- I'm going to be the lying evil person or the weird crazy person versus the person who's about to break down and cry like it's yeah it's the difference between being the completely normal girl who's upset about something versus 
the straight up crazy villain. Maybe a who's character. Upset about something. Maybe more of a character actor. Yeah, I think that those are more engaging. They're just more fun, and it's easier to to connect with them for me for some reason. Okay. So. And did you intend to go on and do something with theater after college? Mm-hmm. You wanted to be a, an actor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if like YouTube is literally the reason I'm in LA. So if if YouTube hadn't happened. I was fully prepared to be making coffee most of the time and interning at whatever theater would take me until they would actually hire me. That was like the big plan. Or the theater where? In Oregon. Somewhere. In Oregon. Yeah. Because so I wouldn't I wouldn't have had the money to go anywhere else. So you kinda you felt like, okay, just because of finances, I'm gonna be staying around here and I'm gonna attach myself to some some theater company type situation. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I had I had interned a little bit during college at different theaters in Portland, and so I thought, well, I can keep doing that sort of a thing, have a job on the side, and hopefully, eventually, endear myself enough to <laughs> one of these companies that they they take me on and and actually pay me, and then move from there. But the other option was to go to grad school and learn how to make armor. That was like my big thing that I wanted to do. Okay, Ooh. armor. Yeah. Now, so that's that seems now when you say that, all of a sudden it's okay, that seems expected, like that's decidedly <laughs> geeky, right? So, was were you uh, would you label yourself as a geek at that point? Or, I mean, when you're into armor, if I'm okay, one of my career goals is I might go into making armor, yeah, it was because I mean, yeah, I've always, I've always been interested in in armor and like LARPing like I, I loved making fake swords and stuff and and beating up my friends so you actually LARPed and, yeah oh full-on in high school but oh okay well hold on we got to talk about oh that. sorry okay because I mean this is something that we have definitely <laughs> referenced many a time in in, in a few different internet in videos comedy, comedy yeah right in the comedy, comedy context comedy. <laughs> um but so, we, I don't think there's I'm a big ever... opportunity for LARPing in Oregon no, a lot of open that's, space. That's why. That's why. Yeah, there. You know, people have got fields. Uh, you're able to if you. Oh, if you've got the round balers. Okay, so here's what you got to do. You got to find somebody who's using round bales instead of square bales. Yes. And then you can turn those into targets, and you can have archery. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And you did this. Uh, no, we wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> we dreamed about it. We dreamed, we dreamed big. We so how how, how many people do you need to LARP, and then how did you organize that? You don't need that many people at all. It's, I mean... It, More than it one, wasn't, right? Yeah. Well, even... I mean, you can <laughs> do guy? it on your own. He's LARPing by himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just create an adventure for yourself, you know? It's just like some people play D&D by themselves, yeah. and you think, well, how do they do that? They don't even have a dungeon master, but you can do it. Um, but like with, with kind of the LARPing that happened with us, it was basically a group of friends, just a bunch of us. We all thought that it sounded like a lot of fun to just, you know, take a day and all make our swords and then, you know, dress up in whatever we had and then go out into the backyard at one of our houses and just, you know, attack each other. Like that's literally as far as it went. It wasn't super organized. It wasn't like a group Per se. It wasn't like I hit you with my sword, you're out. Oh, it was. It was. It was that. Um, okay. One of, Glorified tag. Yeah, basically. For high Ta- tag okay. with fake swords. It was it, it, great. <laughs> now, no judgment. I don't exactly, I mean, I don't know the origins of LARPing or 
because what, what, what are we talking about? When when you were when were you in high school? What, uh, when did you graduate? High school? I graduated two thousand five, so okay. I started doing this two thousand three. So this is, I mean, um, I guess there's there's been somewhat of a LARPing revo- revolution, right? Uh, this seems like this is probably right in the throes of that, or maybe the beginnings of that, right? This is the kind of thing you're like, did you hear about what those people are doing? They're they're <laughs> LARPing, and we can also do that. Maybe. I don't feel like I knew of anybody else who was doing that. We were just all kind of bored. There wasn't really anything to do Did in our town. Did you call it LARPing? No. Okay, oh, that, that, that's kind of what I was getting at was Mm-mm. this is the kind of thing that the right group of people, it could just spawn, right? you know, and it seems you like that's what happened. You invented LARPing and we, he didn't even we know We invented it. it. We were the first. In your minds? Yeah. I mean, it just sounded like fun, so we just did it. You so, know? so by the time you're thinking about graduate school, it's like on steroids. You're like, I can make actual armor. There are people who do this. Yeah, because at that point, I had spent my entire senior year focusing a lot on costume crafts and props. So I had made like puppets and dead bodies and all sorts of weird stuff. And when I was looking into grad schools, one of the coolest ones had this huge program where they were like, we'll teach you how to make legit armor, swords, anything like that. And I wanted to go there so bad. Do you own a sword now? I own... Have you realized this dream? Oh my gosh, this is actually really funny. I just took a picture because I have all of my swords on my kitchen floor right now, just like sitting there because I don't have anywhere to put them. I've been going through all of my stuff and I don't know where to put my swords, so they've just been in my kitchen. I have... um, Okay, I... (laughs) You spread stuff with them? (laughs) It's one heck of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to keep doing sound effects all all night, just so you know. Yeah, I have a Zelda Master Sword. I have my Epe from when I was in college and took uh, uh, stage fighting. I have a katana. I have um, like an old style wooden sword that someone sent me. And one more. What's the last one? I can't remember. Well, while you're thinking about that, Mm. have you been to the Sword and Stone here in Burbank? No. What is that? uh, She hasn't been. I, I mean, this I is—he's a forger of swords. This is the guy. He has a—he has a web series where he—he he forges. He's a blacksmith, and he forges the recreations oh, I of, that. Of, yeah. of, of, of famous weapons from different uh, movies and shows and stuff. But he's also—he goes way back. He made Conan's sword, and I'm no talking way. about Arnold Conan. He and it's in the shop, and he's got all kinds of stuff like that. And it's right here in Burbank. We shot some uh, scenes for a video. Over Nerd there. versus geek. But I, as I was in there, I definitely had this sensation that like, I think this is awesome. But Dodger I know, should be here. I know that there are <laughs> uh, there are other people out there who would really really appreciate this more. I you should go there. You have to go. Yeah, you have to go. That sounds awesome. But we digress. Do okay, we? So, so you decided, right? Well, at, at what happened at that point when you were looking at graduate school and and theater around Oregon? Like, why did I do YouTube? Yeah, how did that, that happen? That well, YouTube happened because I had a couple of friends who were doing YouTube. One of them was being very successful at it, and I was bored out of my was mind. Uh, Husky StarCraft. Okay. So I was taking my very last class to get my degree. It was math. It was summer. I had a part-time job at a farm. <laughs> uh, and uh, I just had a lot of free time, and I didn't know what to do with it. And... It was suggested to me that I try making a YouTube channel. And so I was looking to see what other 
ladies were doing in the gaming world on YouTube and not many people really had like consistent shows or were doing much of anything. So I decided to try doing just a news show and doing it every other day. And uh, and, and it, what year was this? Mm, when did I graduate? 2010? Okay, so this is sort of before Let's Play just took over, but it was... It was before it, Let's Play really took over, yeah, but um, but it was gameplay catching, was big. It was catching, yeah. Yeah, and so... But what was big? Uh, gameplay okay. in general. So, okay. like, not necessarily Let's Plays or walkthroughs or playthroughs of an entire game, but watching people play a game. Oh, see, we, we were kind of... Ref- we thought it was the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just basically someone playing a video game and then talking over the top of it. Well, I mean, what's right. ubiquitous at this point is not just let's play. What's the proper terminology? Let's play. Let's, let's play is is a series in which you play an entire game. Okay. Whereas just gameplay would be just a scene or a part of a game. Okay. It doesn't necessarily have to be the entire game. But in form, it's the same thing. It's just a question of, is it con- complete or not? Is it going to continue? Could you watch it from the beginning, and could you see the end? Mm-hmm. So All it was that. really, I mean, so Husky, StarCraft, it, he was very successful. Mm-hmm. And a friend of yours? Yeah, yeah. He and I went to the same high school. and really? Yeah, and we were, we we kind of reconnected in college, and we were chatting, and I went and looked at his YouTube channel, and I was like, whoa, you get a lot of views. People love watching this. And he was like, yeah, because he basically he would just bring up professional StarCraft matches, and he would commentate over them, like ESPN style. And uh, ah. that's that's what he continues to do. That's what a lot of guys do for a lot of esports right now. And it's, it's big. It's huge. But he got in kind of on the ground floor of the newer StarCraft game, so he just blew up. He was a friend of yours from high school mm-hmm. towards the end of college. You're talking with him. Is he the one who's saying, hey, you need to get in on this? Um, what's funny is it was actually originally he thought that my brother should have a YouTube channel because my brother uh, is a incredible singer, okay. incredible pianist. And so my brother was like – or not my brother, sorry, Mike uh, Husky okay. said that you know music is real hot on YouTube. He was like, if you know Jared wants to try that out, he should totally do it. And Jared, you know, made like a couple of videos, but he was like, eh, it's whatever. And wound up making one myself instead. So you're like, but I can do it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that sounds fun. I'm bored. I'll, tr- Yeah, I'll try it. And you were like, why didn't you tell me to make a YouTube <laughs> channel? Why are you talking nah. about my brother? Nah. It's interesting you said that you looked at kind of the landscape of how many girls were doing it or not doing it. That mm-hmm. So you tell me that was kind of a part of your initial analysis of an opportunity for you even from the beginning kind of just not i wasn't going into it thinking this could be a career Mm -hmm. but i was looking at it from the standpoint of pretty much everybody who had said hey you should think about making a youtube channel said oh a girl doing video game stuff that would do really well you know just the stereotypical thing Mm -hmm. and i wanted to see how how girls were doing on YouTube in the gaming world. Like, what were they doing? How how was it going about? And um, So what did you find specifically when you looked that way? I found a lot of inconsistency. Like, a lot of people who would make one video every month or two months 
um, and didn't really have a clear focus on what they were doing. So, and, so you couldn't find any girl that you okay. I'm going to emulate what she's doing. Not really. I mean, I picked I picked and choose some things. Like I knew I didn't want to be. Uh, this is this is going to sound awful, but I knew I didn't want to be another girl who was aiming the camera at my boobs. Didn't want to do that. I knew that I didn't. Um, I think that's always an accident. <laughs> oh, oh, always, always, obviously. Uh, uh, you know, it's there were just why. I mean, why? Why? Yeah, why for you was that important? I mean, yeah, some girls make that choice. It's effective. Yeah, absolutely. you could have made that choice. Yeah. What? What were you? What was behind that choice for you? Um. I wanted my videos to be as much about what I was saying as possible. And you usually say them from your mouth. (laughs) I say them from my mouth. (laughs) So, yeah, and I I just, like, being friends with mostly guys at the time, it was interesting discussing it with them because all of them unanimously said, oh, yeah, of course I would watch that. But they also all unanimously didn't respect the person that they were watching. Hmm. And that was not something I wanted at all. I wanted to know that if I was going to be making videos, especially about news, like the gaming industry, I wanted to know that that my opinions were going to matter at all, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so what was the, I mean, what was the first video? The first video is so weird to go back and watch. Your boobs, right? It was just it was just boobs. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it was so strange. I can't help myself. Tilting <laughs> down. Um, no, the very first video was was me just like sitting with like this strange camera from like here, but like it was just like this weird Slightly shot higher from like angle. here up. Yeah, just like my face, and uh, I talked in a slightly higher pitched voice and i don't know why it's always good it's it's very weird to go back because i'm like why was i doing that that sounds so strange but you know it's your first videos when you're kind of like nervous and not really sure what you're doing and now i'm so comfortable with the camera it's just like hey guys i'm farting right now and that's that's kind of nice that's happened i missed that one Oh yeah, I actually uh, like a couple a couple of days ago, I made a video, and <laughs> at the at the end of the video, I was like, "Gosh, guys, this whole this whole time that I've been talking to you, I've felt like there's a fart brewing, and it just <laughs> hasn't happened, and it was distracting me through the whole video. I was like, oh. God, I just feel like there's a fart, and it's not happening, and it was, it was, very, it was very distracting. So I figured I'd just like let them know, but you know. but then but you, you cut did, the camera off. You didn't let it go. It never, it never, it didn't. Well, I could do Foley for that. <laughs> Just, <laughs> next time you, you're in that next situation. Next time, I'll call you. <laughs> okay, like, right. I need, I need you now. <laughs> I need you now. Uh, and you put, know what for. Put the phone up to the camera. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so. Sorry, are we, are we, are, are we off track And what again? did you say? This was, was it news? Video game yeah. news? Yeah, it was, uh. I talked about, and you named your, you. You started, you know, press hard to continue. You uh-huh. you thought through the branding of all this. You're like, I'm going to call it this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot from a slightly high angle. I'm going to talk a little bit higher pitch. Yeah, all, 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 the, all these stuff. things. In uh, what in in you talked about what? I talked about uh, game companies. I talked about game releases. I talked about 
really just the same sort of things that people write articles about, except I was making a video instead. So, yeah, and and I've I've switched formats at this point. Like at that time, I was doing three topics every other day. So like each video, I would cover three different things. And now I've I've switched it so that I do the video once a week and I cover six topics so that I'm able to kind of focus on the things, the most important things that happened that week rather than just having f- weird filler, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, there's a Katamari body pillow that you should buy? <laughs> so... So uh, so what was the transition from deciding to m- make the first video to being able to move to L.A. and mm-hmm. make a, um, a career out of it? So I kept making the videos, and Maker was putting together their gaming vertical. And were, you were, like, still kind of in college, like, last semester? Yeah, I, I was just finishing up my class. And I was contacted by Maker, and they said, hey, we are going to be doing a launch of, you know, just like a few gaming channels to start with. And we know that you're small, but we feel like you're getting better with each video, and, you know, we'd like to have you involved from the start if you're interested. And I said, sure. So they launched the vertical, and I was part of it. And then a couple of months later... I was called again, and they said, we're actually looking for people who want to do network development for this vertical. And if you're interested, um, there's a job for you in L.A. if you want it. And so I said, okay, because in my mind, that was, like, way better than making coffee and trying desperately to get a job in a theater. Mm-hmm. So, or maybe uh, even making armor. Or may- maybe, I don't know. God, making armor would be so dope, right? <laughs> like, I don't know if you can beat that. What's it like being... A girl in a uh, a guy's world of gaming. I mean, I'm hard pressed to find any <clears throat> any girls to compare you to even now, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm uh, not that familiar with the space, but right. you're still very unique as a female immersed in the gaming culture in this way. There are some of us. There are, there are a few of us, and I think there are more and more. Um, I think there are a lot more women getting involved in uh, the more, like, journalistic side of it, like on various websites that do articles in gaming. Um, more and more girls are getting involved in that. And well, uh, you know, y- you obviously respect your audience and that you you expect them uh, to to be intelligent. Mm-hmm. And you, because you know that of them, so you, re- you respect that in them. You're not you're not buying into the programming down to people. Right. So, but that being said, there's still a lot of guys are, you know, still pigs kind of a thing. I think that- Oh, of course. I would imagine that there's still, it's hard, it's gotta be hard for you at times being, being a female in the position you're in when so much of uh, your audience are these guys who, you know, with commenting can say anything that they want, I mean, how do you, how difficult does it get and how do you navigate that? It doesn't get difficult, I don't think, because in the end, we're all used to getting some brand of negative comment, but it's always the minority. And I I count really misogynistic comments within negative comments. And I think 
the key is just focusing on the vast majority of your consistent viewers that really love what you do and do respect you, you know. And so, well, if I do see somebody who says something totally out of line, I can block them. For the most part, it's like I, I don't really see them. And I know they exist, but it doesn't affect my quality of life or the quality of my content or the quality of my community because I know that for the most part they're all wonderful, intelligent, and they like what I'm doing. So It takes a lot of strength to be able to do that. Now, another interesting dynamic, um, it, at what point did, and it, was this always the case, hmm. um, were you a, kind of a personal vlogger at the same time? Like People know about your personal life right. as much as you're willing to share through your vlogs. Was that, was that a dynamic from the very beginning, or was it, did that kind of become something over time? That kind of snuck up on me. There was a point where I realized, oh, man, you guys know a lot about my life. And in some ways, I'm totally fine with that. And in other ways, I've realized that sometimes there, there, there's a specific type of viewer that gets really upset when they find out that I haven't told them something, hmm. you know? So that's been very strange to navigate because on one hand, it's like, well, I, I understand why you're confused, but at the same time, I'm entitled to some privacy, you know? Now, so when it comes to disclosure via your vlog channel and in connecting with your, your, your fans, your followers, you recently dropped like a bombshell on everybody. I, di- I did. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell us about that? Um, I was so stressed out and nervous about making a video saying that I had a boyfriend. And... Uh, and I have never felt like there was so much support in my community until now. Like, So that was the title, I Have a Boyfriend. I Have a Boyfriend with a, a, a wide-eyed, smiley face, yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of people thought, because so, I— But you decided, you dis- I mean, it sounds like you've been pulling back into privacy, but you decided that this is something that you were going on record with, you were going mm-hmm. to be open— yeah, and you it was know, a big not cry, but maybe cry in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. I was like, no. But yeah, he. I mean, he and I talked about it a lot, and he. Uh, so first of all, t- tell everybody who your boyfriend is. Oh, my boyfriend is Sam Thorne, aka Strippin from the Yogscast, and uh, he's been wonderful to me. He and I have had a Yogscast, very, meaning yeah. he he is a. What does he a, do? He's a gamer too. He's, he's a, a gamer too. Yeah. So he's part of of a British network called the Yogscast, and they all do let's play gameplay videos, and they do big live streams. And around uh, the holidays, they do a live stream every single day up until Christmas for charity, and it's good. They're really they're a really good group of people. And I wound up meeting him actually when I when I went to England with Jesse. And uh, he's one of those smelly guys who's like, oh, I'm gonna take a minute of your time. He's one of those smelly guys, and, but like he looked all right, so <laughs> I was into it. No, he uh, he and I talked about it a lot, and we were feeling feeling good about our relationship. And it's been a few months, and so we decided, well, rather than rather than feeling the stress of of needing to act like we're not secrecy. together, yeah, the the stress of secrecy. That's a good way to put it. Um, we decided that it, it was a good time to, to just come out with it and see what happens. And so you got a you got a positive response. I got a very positive response. Everybody's very happy. No, no messages. 
oh, pl- plenty, plenty of mean messages. Doesn't matter though. They don't. They don't matter. They don't matter, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, right. the, the tears were tears of joy, of happy. So they were uh, happy. Tears. I mean, it takes a lot of mean comments to overcome that. So yeah, I'm happy for you. Thank you. So Have much. you ever cried in a vlog before? Um, yeah, I full on <laughs> cried in a vlog before because uh, there was man, like at the beginning of the year uh, last year, two thousand thirteen. I had kind of a meltdown, um, and in what way? I mean, what? Uh, I just had a lot of personal issues going on. Just had like this major meltdown, and um, and all of my friends in LA had dropped what they were doing and came over to like be with me after seeing the vlog. No, 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 no. Oh. Like, <laughs> like I, I had texted like like two of them. Being like, hey, like, you want to like come hang out, and uh, and just like a bunch of people came over to just be with me and keep me company, and and uh, got really emotional about it. And then I I wound up making a video, kind of saying, you know, I'm going to take a few days off. Like, sorry about that, but mm-hmm. I I mentioned that all my friends had been so amazing, and I just started crying. <laughs> I was like, oh no, <laughs> like stop, but. Yeah. So those were tears of joy too. Those were also tears of joy. I've I've never cried tears of sadness on my show. <laughs> They've always been tears of that joy. That was private and then publicly it was the 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 silver lining. Mm-hmm. And well, that's great. And did yeah. uh Sam is his name? Sam, yeah. Did Sam also does, does he does he vlog? Does he have sort of a personal uh, vlog? Or does he strip? I don't <laughs> There's a little confusion there. Stripping? Is that what that? It so originally his gamer tag I'm in love with a stripper that is a song is that a song I should make him a mixtape and it'll just be that song over and over and over again no uh, a mixtape by definition needs more than one song no no well, it just needs the same song over I'm sorry. and over again his initials are ST so as a kid he made a game tag that was ST Rippin whoops like, like ripped <laughs> yeah. right and uh, yeah. yeah turned strippin'. out that that says stripping turns <laughs> yeah. out turns out it yeah. does. pretty much at, right after you write it is yeah. when, <laughs> when it turns out oh, to be stripping oh no so okay yeah. so but did he also disclose to his fans mm-hmm. that he was dating you are you sure because I couldn't find it he did <laughs> he did talk about it in a vlog because I wanted um, to know if he was crying too <laughs> I had to know. <laughs> he did not cry. He was very he was very manly about it. But uh, he knows that I have a, a closer relationship with my fans. So when we were talking about how to go about telling everybody, he said, Well, I, I think that you should make I think that you should make like the video because mm-hmm. your community is so close with you. So But I have to assume that there is uh, amongst his fans there's going to be some jealousy. I mean, that's just the way that it works. You mm-hmm. know, it's going to be like, oh, he's going out with Dodger. <laughs> I'm going to send him a message. <laughs> you know? He's got a few. No, but like, um, it's it's not it's not all that concerning, I don't think. Right. You, you've obviously developed a, a way of handling it, knowing that it is a reality, mm-hmm. that you are going, when you put yourself out there like that, mm-hmm. and definitely as a woman putting yourself out there in that atmosphere, you're going to be a target somewhat, mm-hmm. but it seems like you've just, it doesn't get to you. you. You've made a decision to be like, I know this is part of the deal, mm-hmm. but I am going to ignore it. 
because it is the minority. I mean, sometimes it's always going to get to you, yeah. But but that's what helps me get out of that is remembering that 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 is the minority, yeah, and that the people that that I am speaking to are the ones the the nice, wonderful ones, you know. So, but but in regards in regards to like any negativity involving Sam, like that's why we waited so long to mention it in the first place, is because there's there's that weird almost almost like star magazine paparazzi feel to the whole thing where if if we were to talk about it too soon when our relationship wasn't quite as solidified mm-hmm. we would be getting those same messages and you know both be like uh, I don't I don't know like is she cheating on me I don't know like you know like all right. these weird messages that are meant to mess with your head and so we we decided to wait a little while because that way we would get to know each other better we would get to solidify the relationship a bit more and you know when any any jealousy or negativity came toward us, we'd be able to to deal with it as a unit rather than than feeling kind of unsure of ourselves. So, right. Well, at the risk of sounding very cheesy, I'm going to own this one, but um, I draw a correlation between your name Dodger mm-hmm. and the fact that you are you found yourself in a position of like I said, being a target. So mm-hmm. there's an art to having to <laughs> either take take the blows or be able to dodge them. So it sounds like you're navigating this zone. Pretty well. The artful dodger. To. The artful dodger. That's where the nickname came from. Is it? Tell, yeah. How, that, I wanted to get back to that. <laughs> no, we gotta go where back to the, college. <laughs> where, where did Dodger come from? Um, I was called that when I was working. The artful in, dodger, man. What's your yeah. first name? What's your what's what's the full spiel? Brooke. Brooke Lee. Brooke Lee Lawson is my full name. And when I was working in the scene shop, I had a coworker who called me Dodger after Artful Dodger in Oliver Twist. So. Mostly because somehow I never died in that scene shop. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so many people got hurt in there, and I just, I was perfectly fine. And I was like, I don't know how. It's poetic Uh, that it certainly applies to everything we've been talking about about YouTube. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. Well, this has been uh, extremely insightful. Yes. And uh, I'll be counting sheep tonight. Thinking about your sheep. Muscular sheep. There's no way to not be weird about what I just said. I don't know. (laughs) And there you have it, Brooke Dodger Lee Lawson in full ear biscuit mode. Brooke Lee Lawson. When she said Brooke Lee Lawson, I thought, news anchor. This is Brooke Lee Lawson. Lawson, <laughs> coming to you live. You know, it's a good name. I mean, Dodger, that's a great name. It's even better when, you know, you're doing the video game thing. It's a cooler, more internet-y name. But I'm just making the note that if she ever wants to go back into newscaster, you know, mm-hmm. the fallback, Brooke Lee Lawson would or be a armor really good, maker. Yeah. Brooke Lee Lawson armor maker. Doesn't really sound like a I think you would go with Dodger for that. I I I hope she wouldn't be offended um if I'm totally overwhelmed with the fact she's so she's such a sweet person. Uh I don't think she would. That's not I mean that's a compliment, right? I hope that she would not be offended <laughs> with me thinking that she was a sweet person. No, I don't no. I think she's not like a uh, sociopath so no i don't think she would be offended by that very strong person too i I think when you say that someone is sweet you don't you say oh they're like it's like saying that they're just like oh isn't that a cute person versus but she's not that i I think we very well established that she is has a lot of strength to be in the environs that she is on the internet and that she can not only um 
survive, but can, and not only thrive, but she can respect her audience. And she's, she believes the best in them and chooses to ignore the negativity that, I mean, I have to think comes at her more often than in a, uh, just the typical guy who's doing gaming content oh, on the internet. Yeah. So there's a strength there. There's a sweet strength that I admire. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, you know, I was definitely not surprised at all to hear that, you know, traditionally this was a 90-10 breakdown. I mean, first of all, in terms of men to women ratio, YouTube in general is... There's, there are more guys who, who watch YouTube videos. There are more guys who are on the internet on a regular basis, and, you know, habitually. 